This past Wednesday on a racetrack in Austin, something really big happened. He said he wants to do this tonight, and it looks like he's going to come out the, with the victory. 456, 457, 458, 459, five Woo! minutes, a new PR. As you probably know by now, this past week, Flowtrack hosted the Beer Mile World Championships and Canadians crushed the competition, taking first, third, and fifth in the men's elite race, putting up some impressive numbers in the women's elite race, and winning the sub-elite race. Today, our show is all about those races. Coming up, we'll hear from the Masters world record holder, Jim Finlayson. Jeff Mountjoy will talk about his sub-elite win and training tips he uses, and we have the world champion himself, Corey Gallagher joining us in just seconds. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Terminal Mile. You're listening to the Beer Mile World Championship edition of the Terminal Mile. And my first guest on today's show is a respected distance runner, excelling at the 10K through to the marathon. But that's not why he's here today. Corey Gallagher, or Champ as he's now known, won the Flow Track World Championship this past Wednesday in a time just milliseconds over five minutes. And he's joining us from his home in Winnipeg. Welcome to the show, Corey Whip Hoobly Gallagher. Hello. Uh, first of all, where does that uh, that nickname come from? Uh, Whip Hoobly, it's uh, back in the day we were all characters from Top Gun. And my original name was Hollywood. Uh, it's one of the characters in there. They all had call signs. Mm-hmm. And apparently I was late for one of the, the gatherings for, uh, that we were having at our friend's place. So I ended up losing the title of being called Hollywood and another friend got it because I was late. And I ended up getting the actor's real name, which was Whip Hoobly. <laughs> and I was real upset at first. And then it just like the more I hated it, the more they said it. And then now it's been like 10 years now and it's just stuck. All right, well, take us to the Circuit of Americas, Texas, December 3rd. The gun's about to go off. Where are you at? What, is this like any other race for you mentally? Mm, nothing like, like there was a bit of, it was kind of like another race, but at the same time, now you've got to consume something. So when you're at a big race or anything like that, you always get the butterflies in the stomach and kind of the uneasy, queasy feeling like, oh, okay, the nerves are getting to me. But now it's not just that. It's like, okay, now you got this uneasy feeling. You got to run fast, but you also got to put something in it and force you and put you in this real big uh, discomfort. So it's it's a really neat variable and it adds a different atmosphere to the running. For sure. Now, taking a look at the tape, it really was a bit of a, a come behind uh, win for you. You took the, <laughs> you, you know, like that last lap was was super exciting. And uh, for those of us watching, holy cow, it was it was a real thriller. Did you have a race plan that you stuck to or were you, you know, kind of playing it by ear and were you motivated and pushed by Cunningham's effort? Uh, Originally going in, it was, I had a pretty good strategy of what I've done. Uh, Looking at other people's videos and seeing what they did for the beer mile, I expected everyone to be about the same coming off the line. I expected myself to be ahead though. I expected to be passed at about the 50 meter mark because guys are finishing maybe a second back but they're so fast that usually they're capitalizing on the running part and I just kind of make up on the drinking by having it not affect me Mm -hmm. but in that actual race I don't think anyone passed me till like 200 meters and I remember hitting those straightaways and getting going and I'm like oh crap I'm still in the lead uh okay where is everybody this isn't right and I remember kind of humming and hawing Tully comes screaming past me then a couple others and I'm like okay wait I'm still a little too close to these guys from where I should be and it kind of was like 
I'm going way too fast. I have no idea what kind of split I'm going. This is way too fast. And it was kind of like, oh, just there was no relaxing. It was like real uneasy because I had no idea what I was doing. Then I got to the second beer and it was kind of a lot of pushing and shoving, kind of grabbing that next beer. Mm -hmm. And when I'm about to consume a beer, I like to take a big deep breath and like really inhale and stuff and kind of lower the breathing. And I got kind of jostled there and it really threw me off like mentally and everything. I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, now I got a drink. And I just wasn't able to take that one down as fast. And uh, yeah, then after that, I finally settled into a rhythm. But those guys had me pretty worried. I was not expecting that. I didn't expect it to come down to last beer. That last drink split was impressive. I mean, what was it like? Something like seven seconds or something like that? Yeah, seven seconds. So like, I mean, Cunningham was out drinking me. Our running was pretty much the same until that really that last beer. And I was really worried that he was maybe not milking it, but he was going a little slower because all you kept hearing is this guy, oh, it's Cunningham. He's a sub four minute miler. His last beer mile, he closed in a 54 to run 518. And I was like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> you know, you follow up on these people's backgrounds. So you never want to see somebody with that much speed ahead of you. Like out of all the places, I, I, I thought, okay, I, if I don't have a big lead coming into that last beer, I'm in trouble. They're going to kick me down. So I ended up getting that last beer down, took it down, and just tried to hammer that first 200 as hard as I could. And once I got to that final corner, it almost looked like he almost gave up. But I think he realized at this point, okay, I, I'm not going to get him. And then it was just a race against the clock. But I was still shocked I could run that fast. The, the bottle chugging and getting it done in seven seconds, that doesn't surprise me. It's the fact that when I saw the split at the end or somebody told me I ran a 61, I was like, I think the machine's malfunctioning. This isn't right. <laughs> Now, there was a bit of a last-minute venue change. Did that play any sort of role for you? The commentators mentioned that you slipped a little bit on that last corner. See, I, honestly, I had no idea I slipped. I, like, I was kind of in, I was in like a whole new zone. I, I don't know if it actually affected me. Like, subconsciously, it didn't. It was just keep rolling, keep rolling. <laughs> Nothing's stopping you now. And at that point, it was pretty much like the brain was flipped off. Anything could have happened. I probably could have snapped my leg or something and been like, no, nope, you're going to keep going. You're going to keep going. <laughs> And just like with changing the venue, it was almost like a blessing in disguise. Like, I mean, running at the Formula One track was the greatest experience ever. Like, it was just the bright lights everywhere, having the fans on the inside of the track, being able to scream. You're hearing the roar of the crowd. It's like vibrating. You see the big jumbotrons and that. And the way Flow Track put it on in that short of a notice and to put it on like that was amazing. I honestly think that it should be held there every year. When you hit those straightaways and you get going, it's amazing. Well, you mentioned the atmosphere, and I can't help but think that it's probably just different than any other atmosphere for, for any other beer mile ever because, you know, it kind of has an underground status. Was the crowd a bit of a factor in the race? Or? I think it almost played into a lot of people in almost a negative way. I think a lot of people, kind of the nerves got to them. They're used to running with like a couple of their buddies or something, you know, a few spectators and kind of things. So something of this magnitude, there's so much more pressure. There's... There's just everything is just you got to take it in. But for me, it was just the adrenaline and trying to feed off the crowd. Like, like I said, I didn't know I was capable of a 61, especially at that point. And then just feeding off the crowd and like just keep going. It was amazing. Well, you know, I'm I'm really one trying to wonder here what goes into training specifically for a beer model mile. Is there a lot of crossover between say your half marathon and your marathon training and your beer mile training? Like, I mean. Leading up to it, I just kind of, I left some beer bottles by my sink and it was just kind of, I just fill them up every day I come home from work and it's like, rather than having a cup of water or something and sipping it or anything like that, I just fill up the two beer bottles and I just chug them back to back and 
do them in roughly 10 seconds kind of thing, both of them. Mm-hmm. But it was just getting used to taking it down. So it almost comes second nature. It's just I wasn't even thinking about it after a while. I was just able to open it up, chug it, done. And then so a lot of it was just training, learning how to run with a full belly and stuff like that. But at the same time, you have to be a decent runner. You have to have that certain VO2 max. And I had the ability where I'm not the fastest runner, but I, I don't really fatigue or find any problems. So for me, the biggest problem was getting up to those speeds. So I was never hitting a point like some of these other guys where I was really redlining or breathing super heavy just because my body strictly wouldn't allow me to. It's not that I didn't want to. It's just it wouldn't allow me to. So I was always kind of in my comfort zone. made taking down the beers a little easier. Just learning how to to run with that, that extra weight and the extra girth in there. Well, taking a look at your training, you're normally a distance guy. Uh, take me through a normal week's training for you. What kind of mileage are you putting down, quality versus uh, easy sort of stuff? Uh, usually it'd be like building up uh, in the middle of the summer leading up to like beer mile. I was doing nationals before that and I was getting up to like the 100 miles. 80 to 100 was a typical kind of week. And then it was going to slowly taper down to a little more quality as we're getting closer to these. But I ended up maybe overdoing it. I was not just doing high mileage higher than I usually do, but I was doing it at a way higher intensity to some of my workouts. I'd do about anywhere from three to four workouts a week, whatever the coach prescribed. And the workouts I was doing, I was doing at a level where I should be doing when I'm at like maybe 60 miles kind of thing, just too high of an intensity. And so after a while, I started to develop some knee pain, have to take a week off, then get back in it, and ended up uh, running nationals, even though I probably shouldn't have. And there's so many sharp turns being at the zoo, it was just like my whole knee swelled up or just below it, and I had a lot of problems with it. Mm-hmm. So finally, I get back, and I ended up getting it checked out. I had a stress fracture just below the knee. Ooh. And so I tried, that was middle of September, so I took a month off trying to rest up for a beer mile and it was basically at that point I was like well what can we do I just gotta try and rest it as best I can but there's no time to rest so I just continued running on it and it, it's managing it's not really healing so it's it's been an interesting build up you are listening to the terminal mile right now you can find us on twitter at the terminal mile uh currently joined by my guest Corey Gallagher, who just joined Twitter at Corey Gallagher for, uh, you know, is that kind of as a result of winning this race? Uh, I guess I, I've had Twitter. I don't really, I'm not a big Twitter, I guess, mm. but all of a sudden people have been finding it and, you know, it's just been blowing up. So I'm going to have to learn how to be a little more active on it, I guess. Uh, social media is not always my biggest thing, but, you know, girlfriend's there to help me out well that leads me into my next question what's what's next for you what races do you have planned for the next year right now it's some rest i'll be taking at least a month off make sure everything's nice rested and healed and take a break i haven't taken one in quite some time um and then it's probably back to toronto young street i'll probably do the 10k there and then possibly ottawa 10k which is now the national 10k championships depending on how things end up playing out and then it's hopefully come back at the end of fall, maybe another fall race, and then hopefully they have me back at World uh, Beer Mile. Last question for you. There's a, a lot of rumblings rolling around the internet about who would win in a Gallagher-Nielsen showdown. Is uh, that something you'd be interested in? Yes, I'd be very interested. I really wanted him to be here at the uh, Worlds. Mm-hmm. It's just... There's a lot of asterisks and question marks, and I even asked the beermile.com guy because it took me forever to get my 
results on beermile.com to get actually to be certified, even though I have videos and this and that. So the only reason my 501 got official is because FlowTrack was like, hey, you got to make this official. It's, it's like he's actually ran this. He has a full video, a fresh case, this and that. And when you, I was asking him, I'm like, are you allowed to impede the flow of a can? And the guy from Beer Molly's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, okay, so you're not allowed to crush the can, are you, or squeeze it? He's like, no, because that'd be impeding the flow, wouldn't it? And I'm like, that's correct. But if you watch James Nielsen's video and you watch beer number three and four, he clearly is crushing and squeezing the can. All right. Well, the challenge has been put out there then. I, I know most running fans out there would love to see that. Uh, hopefully we can make it happen sometime. Uh, congratulations, uh, Corey Gallier, on your on your big PB yesterday of 5 minute, uh, 23 millisecond, uh, and world championship to your run. Hey, you don't get that every day, right? No, not at all. Thanks a lot for being on the show. And, uh, you know, we hope to have you on again sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. And it is going to be Jeff Mountjoy, the 25-year-old from Kingston, Ontario, coming in to win the sub-elite section and crossing the line, 538. And here we go. This is the Terminal Mile at the Terminal Mile on Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. And joining me on the line right now is someone else who did really well in Texas. He currently lives in a place where the beer mile was developed, Kingston, Ontario, and is perhaps one of the only beer mile specialists in the entire world. At that, he is also the winner of the sub-elite category race this past Wednesday in a time of 538.90. At Jeff M. Joy on Twitter, how does it feel, Jeff Mountjoy? It feels great, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, first of all, that was one heck of a race. What was that last lap like? Um... I, I don't have a split on my last lap, but I, I was actually feeling really good. I uh, sometimes have to be careful when I'm trying to pick it up at the end um, to avoid throwing up before the line. But I never really felt like I was going to throw up at all yesterday, so that's great. Can we talk about that form there for a second? I, I don't know if you've had the chance to take a look at that video. but your, No, I haven't. Your form the whole way through was just fantastic. I don't think I could hold that sort of uh, form with no beers in me. Well, I I didn't know I had such good form, but that's good to hear. For sure. And now, does that come from a certain amount of experience? I mean, there has been uh, a certain amount of legend around the the Queen's Beer Mile. Uh, you know, how many have you participated in now? Um, I was telling a couple of people yesterday that I'm estimating between 20 and 25. Uh, but when I think about it, I think I've done probably more than 30. Because I've wow. probably done 10 this year. Um, and last spring, I did seven in seven days. So right there, that's almost 20. Whoa. So yeah, I would say probably close to 30. Now, the event was in Texas. You uh, live in Kingston. It's a yep. wee bit of a difference. So what made you want to go? And, uh, you know, there's got to be some good stories about how you got there and stuff. Yeah, so I first heard about the the Beer Mile event that Flowtrack was putting on pretty early on uh, when they first came up with the idea um, and when I first heard it was in Austin Texas I was right then expecting not to go at all um, but I had a few people encourage me to like contact them to see if maybe they'd pay for me to go or um, to do a fundraiser so I ended up over time deciding why why shouldn't I go because I I have a job now and um, I can take some vacation days um, so it was just really convenient um, that I could do that and go down and not have to worry about missing exams or classes. So I went 
I got my flights booked a couple, or I guess a month ago or so. Um, so I drove down to Syracuse, and from Syracuse I was flying to Atlanta, and there was about an hour and a half uh, layover there um, before I flew to Austin on Tuesday night. But there was some snow in Syracuse, so as we were pulling out of the uh, the gate, we had to get de-iced, um, and then we pulled up to the runway, and as soon as we started going, we had to stop because the luggage hadn't uh, been dropped off that it was supposed to from the plane. So then we went back to the gate, and then we had to get de-iced again. So in the end, I missed the stopover flight uh, by 20 minutes, Uh-oh. but then they put me up in the hotel, which was nice, um, in the at the Atlanta airport. It actually worked out well because I would have been sleeping on a floor, I think, if I had made it all the way to Austin. Hmm. Um, so I got a king-size bed to myself on Tuesday night and then flew out in the morning. And uh, I got to Austin um, middle of the day. And I didn't. I knew where the hotel was and the room of a couple of friends uh, that were staying there. Um, Lewis Kent was one of them. When I went there, no one was in the room. But then I just happened to stumble upon the technical meeting for the elite athletes. So I was listening in on that, which was, which was pretty cool. And then from there, um, I had already known that they changed the venue from the, a track to the race track, uh, the Formula One course. So I didn't have any flats on me, and uh, I just hitched a ride with some of the elites that were getting shuttled out to a running store. So that was worked out really well for me there. Wow. Uh, you know, as, as far as things go, it almost seems like you are one of the few beer miles specialists out there. Everyone has their own techniques. What is your training like for the beer mile? I, I do a few things that I consider beer mile training. Nothing that's super structured, but um, a lot of it involves just drinking challenges I do with my friends. Um, the running, I don't really do anything special uh, for running training for a beer mile because it's just a running race. Um, I don't really do any workouts that would involve, oh, I, okay, well, I'll describe a couple. Um, one thing we do sometimes is it's called the 6660. So it's a challenge where you have one hour to drink six beers and run six miles. Um, and you can do them in any order you want. So I've done, I've done this maybe three or four times, uh, but only once trying to go really fast. Um, so I did, I chugged two beers and then ran four miles. And then one more beer, two miles, and then I did my last three beers at the end. I finished, I think, around 48 minutes. Um, but the running felt like a race pace for me there. Um, another thing I've done recently, I mentioned in the flow track interview, was um, I've been chugging pitchers of beer. Because uh, a pitcher is about five cans of beer in volume. So just trying to drink as fast as I can. I got my time down to 62 seconds, um, which was pretty hard. And I actually did throw up after a few minutes after. I almost held it in, but not quite. Um, I've also done it in 81 seconds holding it in. Um, and other than that, just every so often, if I'm at a party or, or just having some casual beers, instead of drinking them slowly, I'll just chug them and time them and see if I can get my time down a bit, just to get confidence up. Now, according to your results on uh, beermile.com, yesterday was a, uh, was a real PB for you. Uh, what, yeah. was, what was the difference? I think it was the atmosphere, really, because I I've run beer miles in better when I've been in better running shape before, um, and I've probably done them. Well, I I don't know. I I need to check out my splits, but I think I did run the laps faster than I usually do, um, partly because I was behind um, 
but towards the third and fourth lap, I saw that I was gaining on the guy ahead of me. So that helped me go a bit faster. And I think the atmosphere of the event really kind of motivated me, motivated me to finish the beers uh, without taking much rest because it's really easy to stop and take a breath and then that turns into an extra five seconds uh, really quick. So I think that's the biggest difference for me. Uh, I see you're mostly a Laker guy. Is that purely price point or <laughs> it's uh, obviously not taste? It can't be taste. <laughs> it's it's funny because I, when I buy beer, I usually just go by price um, because there's not, well, I yeah, just... I drink enough that I, I should probably just go for the cheap stuff. So I kind of go and find um, the stuff that's at the lowest price point and switch it up a bit, try different ones that are cheap. Um, and Laker just happened to be one that that uh, I seem to like more than most. So I don't know. I've stuck with it. Now, uh, w- what is next for you? Is it is it more beer miles or, or is it uh, something a little more traditional? Or what are your next races? Yeah, um... I won't be doing a beer mile in the near future, I think. we. I don't usually run very many in the winter. And if I do, it's not when it's midwinter. It would be kind of um, maybe November, December, or towards the end of the, the snow. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any beer miles planned. And I plan to do an indoor track season of some sort. But I haven't really set any uh, goal races yet for that. Um, when I was at Queen's, indoor track was my main Thing. I, I'd, I'm more of a track guy anyways, but uh, indoor track was, was a lot of fun for me. So I like doing the indoor track races. Well, congratulations on your win and uh, on your personal best. Uh, it looks like you had a really productive time down in Austin, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down there again next year. Yeah, for sure. If they do it again, I plan to go. And there's actually um, a Queens alumni, John Markell, and the current world record holder, James Nielsen, uh, they are out in San Francisco, and I think they're organizing an event for March or July next year. Um, I've heard those two dates listed, so I'm going to try and go out to that too. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show today, Jeff. Yep. Thanks for having me. Wow! Who's this? Jim Finlayson, 521. Woo! The Masters, the 42-year-old, just beat Lon Breitenbach's record by 21 seconds. You're listening to the Terminal Mile All Things Beer Mile World Championship. And my next guest not only had a great race, finishing third, but actually also set the new world masters record at just over 521. Not only that, he did it just days after competing at cross nationals in Vancouver. At 43, he's still going strong. Welcome to the show, Jim Finlayson. Hi, thank you. Now take me uh, through the race, starting from the point just before the gun went off. What was the atmosphere like? How did you feel? Did you have any goals for the race? Uh, the atmosphere was pretty electric. Uh, we, we were supposed to have it on a rubberized track and the night before the race, they called us to let us know that it was, it was going to have to be moved. And, and so they moved it to the circuit of the Americas formula one track. And, um, yeah, they, they just set up a 400 meter loop, uh, right in front of the grandstands with the jumbotrons on and, and the PA system on and, uh, yeah, a good, good crowd gathered in the middle of there as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, really cool event. Um, I, you know, to be honest, like I didn't actually feel that great heading in. I was a little bit worried about uh, how I was going to run. I, I'd raced the Canadian cross country championships four days before the beer mile and, uh, then traveled down to the race the day before and, and you know, felt a little heavy legged in the, in the warm up itself. And, and so fine with 
the fact that you know most of the people that I was racing up against uh, had quicker leg speed uh, than I. Um, so yeah, I was I was yeah a little anxious about. It. I mean, I was looking forward to it as well. It was, it was uh, you know I think all of us coming in expected it to just be a very fun, entertaining event, and we were all very supportive of one another. But at the same time, you know, we also are competitive athletes, and we want to do as well as we can. And, and so, um, yeah, I just uh, I was a little bit anxious about that. Um, you know, with respect to what I was, I was looking for for the race, for goals, I, I kind of thought, I mean, it's, it's been a while since I'd, I'd done one, so I thought, you know, like if I broke 5.30 in the race, then, then I felt like that would have been a... A, uh, a good goal. Um, I, I felt like I might not have been able to break 5:30, um, and so that was kind of my, you know, sort of. But, but you know, really, once the, the once the race starts, uh, you're going as hard as you can, and, and those time goals kind of go out the window. Um, I was also hoping that I wasn't going to get last because I was I was worried about that. <laughs> so. Well, you've uh, in the past you've gone with uh, Guinness and you've gone with uh, Granville Island. Uh, as far as beers have gone, what was your beer of choice this time around? Was was there strategy behind it as well? There, there was strategy. Yes, uh, we were given the option of using the local breweries' sponsor beer. Um, Hops and Grain created a, a beer mile beer for the event. The idea was to take one of their pre-existing beers and reduce the carbonation a little bit, and, and hopefully it would uh, uh, be a bit easier to get down. Um, and so I was planning on using one of theirs, um, but then Corey Gall- Gallagher showed up and he has done some extensive research into this and he chose um and i'm gonna get the name wrong but it's it's budweiser platinum or Bud, budweiser light platinum i don't even know what it was i've never had it before <laughs> um but he uh said that it was incredibly smooth um and uh a bunch of the other elite athletes went with that as well on, on Corey's recommendation and i thought well you know like let's let's, let's put us all on a, a level playing field and, and so I uh, went with that for three of my beers and, and in fact I was actually a little bit I, I mean I went, I went with it for my first two beers and then I was planning on using the hops and grain one for the last two and so I set up a hops and grain as my third one and then the fourth one I gave myself an option between the Budweiser and the hops and grain depending on how the previous ones um, sat and I went with the uh, Budweiser on the last one. With all that being said, what at what point did the uh, the beer consumption catch up with you in the race? When when did you really start to feel you know the foaminess and all that sort of stuff? I, I didn't. I was good. Uh, I I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't feel the effect of the alcohol until well after the race. Um, the the beer itself. Uh, I think just you know maybe twenty to thirty meters at the start of each lap when I would start to feel some of the foaminess and you burp a little bit. But um, for whatever reason, it has always just sat really well in my body. And, and so I've never had any issues with, with the beer in, in my stomach. Whereas others in the race, uh, I think we had four people vomit because of it. Um, and if I'd wanted to vomit, I, I couldn't have. My body just doesn't ever get to that point where it, it feels like it needs to. So, um, yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't feel it caught up to me at all. Now, the, the Beer Mile has typically been a bit of an underground event, done uh, stealthily at the local track when no one's there, uh, most of the time around sunset. Were you a bit surprised when you found out that Flow Track was hosting this large event? Uh, you know, like, 
I, I, yes, yes, I, I absolutely was. Um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised that somebody could pull it off and, and pull it off in such a, uh, a majestic way. Um, but I, uh, yeah, that, that, that they wanted to ho- host a world championships and um, not only host it, but bring people in for it, fly you know, somebody from Sweden, somebody from Australia, uh, a few Canadians down to it um, on their dime and put us up in a hotel. Um, that surprised me. And, uh, it, you know, when they first contacted me about it, I was a little bit skeptical. I kind of thought maybe it was almost a, a joke. Um, but no, it, it, they, <laughs> it, they uh, put on an impressive show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the visual package watching from home was, was you know, just straight wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they really put this thing on. Now, what do you think the aftermath of this event is going to be? Do you think he'll bring on more organized events like it? I don't know. I, I, I know FlowTrack has been given the green light to go ahead and do one again for next year. Uh, they haven't nailed down the timing of it. Um, it's probably going to be around the same time of year, uh, but maybe on a weekend instead of a weekday. Uh, but you know, to be honest, like, I kind of feel like you know my instincts um, say that this is this is going to be a bit of a flare, and then uh, it will um, settle back down, and I think become a little bit uh, less visible going forward. It may be. Um, you know, that, that we need to have more consistent sub five minute milers before it settles down. Maybe uh, a woman needs to break six minutes for the, the beer mile before it settles down. Um, you know, I think we'll have a little bit of excitement around it for a little bit, but I, I do think it's going to settle down as, as um, kind of a, a, like almost a, a novelty type race that, that people get interested in really quickly. And then that interest also fades. You've mentioned other other Canadians, and in fact, we've had Corey Gallagher as well as Jeff Mountjoy uh, both on the show this week. And, uh, you know, no doubt about it, we've held some fairly prominent sports in this uh, world or spots in this world ranking list. Uh, what, what do you think it is that makes Canadians so great at it? Is it because we invented the sport or...? I, you know, I think that's probably part of it. I think that uh, you know we we have some amazing craft breweries in Canada, and and so we've always had a a, a relationship with our beer. Um, certainly, uh, you know, we we love our sports heroes as well, and and uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, like I kind of. I wonder if Bob and the Doug McKenzie left some legacy with us. Uh, I, I don't have a good answer for it, but um, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's it's something related to how like, proud we are of, of the, the beers that we make in this country, and 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 um, yeah. Well, when you're not drinking uh, really really fast, uh, you know, when you're just uh, sipping a brew at home, what what is your beer of choice? I really like Guinness. Um, big fan of Guinness. I've uh, enjoyed a lot of the the Phillips uh, beers from from Vancouver Island, from Victoria. Uh, I really, really like uh, Lindemans. Um, they make some Belgian beers. Uh, the Lindemans Lambert Creek, a cherry one, is is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I would say that those would be probably the main ones. Now, you're coming off a very impressive run uh, at Nationals this past week. Uh, very close race. What, what's next for your running? I don't have any race plans right now. Uh, I'm happy to 
take a little bit of a break from from competition. Uh, we've, we have a good road race series that starts up in January, and so I'll, I'll do some of those. Uh, but with respect to, you know, what's my next focus goal, I don't really have one right now. Uh, I'd like to, to race well through the spring. So March, April, we have, you know, April, we have the Times Colonists 10K in town, which is, uh, we get a, a 13,000 people to it, and it's a pretty quick, quick route. And um, so I'd like to run a while there. But, um, and to be honest, I, I'd like to try to take that Masters beer mile record down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I mean, this kind of, it's been a long time since I'd raced a, a, a beer mile, and I kind of, have a little bit of the bug (laughs) not that i want to do it often but i wouldn't mind maybe doing one more well you know i i didn't originally uh plan on touching this but uh as i mentioned i did have Corey earlier on the show off the mic uh say you know basically that, that he had a whole lot of respect for you and that seems to be you know straight across the board i mean you are 43 years old now uh you've been diagnosed with ms what what really uh, inspires you, what motivates you, uh, and what gets you across that line? Yeah, I, uh, I, I just love the sport, and, and that's something that has, I've, I've had to realize over time, I think, because um, I've been a competitive athlete, a competitive runner for my entire career, uh, and it's, it's sometimes hard to separate what it is that, that we like about this sport, or do we even like this sport um, from the competition goals that that every season we you know we wrap up a season and we start thinking about what it is that we want to do next and and how to get there and how to be faster and we don't um, most of the time or I haven't historically anyway stopped to just recognize that I really enjoy the process of it and and so I, I just love running and. Um, you know, I, I enjoy uh, getting out there and going for my easy runs, but I do enjoy doing the workouts as well. And, and so, most of the times now, um, I mean, when I was younger, absolutely, it was it was race goals that was um, that were moving me forward. Um, now, it's it's just that I can't not run, and and, and so I also love racing. Um, and so, by running uh, as as much as I do, uh, I always seem to be in pretty good race shape as well and and you know maybe um usually what happens over the course of a season just by uh you know doing some general training a goal will crystallize and, and then i can put a little bit more focus onto that event but uh yeah i think it's it's really just that I'm, I'm passionate about this sport now last of all there seems to be a lot of internet chatter about who would win in a uh in a nielsen gallagher showdown who would your money be on I'm going on Gallagher. I have to go on Gallagher. He was so impressive. I, I mean, I you know I watched that video of, of Nielsen and and uh, well, you know, one thing actually that came up in the technical meeting was before our race was that uh, you know they they didn't want us crushing the cans. They didn't want us um, you know change, changing inter- interfering with the the construction of the can at all. And, and I saw that James Nielsen did crush his can towards the end of or squeezed it to get a little bit the beer out a little bit quicker. Um, and, and you know. Corey, obviously, with the, the bottles, doesn't have that option. Um, I kind of feel like Corey's got to do it. Like, he's, he's, he's got it in him. And, and uh, uh, you know, he's been so incredibly consistent over the last couple of years as well. So, nah, no question uh, in my mind, Corey would, would take this one. Well, great, great guy, great competitor. Uh, thanks, yeah, uh, th- thanks a lot for joining us on the show, Jim. Uh, 
Uh, do you have any sort of website or, or, you know, where can people find you on the internet if they want to find a little bit more of you? Uh, I, uh, I do have a blog. Um, it's jimfinlayson.wordpress.com. Um, and it's not terribly focused, but, uh, but that's about the only place uh, where, I, where I have anything online. Uh, I, I do some coaching as well, but I don't have a, a website or anything like that. So um, yeah, the blog is about the only place uh, where I'm, I'm around anyway. Well, congratulations on your big run and uh, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Terminal Mile. Thanks also go to our guests today, Corey Gallagher, Jeff Mountjoy, and Jim Finlayson. Also to FlowTrack for hosting such a great event and for all the audio samples used today. And of course, to Tracky for all their support. To contact us, be sure to tweet us at The Terminal Mile. Until next time, remember, drink responsibly. Drink responsibly.